the Fed meets tomorrow morning, Australia time. So just how aggressively will they go on rates? The idea of a 100 basis point rise is being discussed. But whatever it is, it's what follows that counts. And we'll see what the Fed thinks about that tomorrow morning as well. In a way, it's easier for the Bank of England later this week because their economy is managing to slow down all by itself without aggressive rate action. Uh, so where does Australia stand in all of this? Will we avoid the worst of it? Or are we just late to the party? It's Wednesday, the 15th of June, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the panic we saw yesterday has cooled a little on the US share market, but prices are still lower, still down for the Dow and the S&P, but not as much. The Dow down half percent, the S&P losing 0.2%, but the Nasdaq has actually gained 0.2% this morning. The US dollar can go higher, and it has another 0.4% on the DXY today. That's 3% in a week, and now up to a 20-year high. Against that, a 0.8% fall in the Aussie, but that's the not, not the worst of it today. The pound is down 1.2%, whilst the euro actually managed a marginal gain this morning. And bond yield still moving up. Two-year treasuries up almost six basis points to 3.42%. Uh, Ten years have climbed up 11 points to 3.47%. Not far apart, is it really? German 10-year bond yields are up 14 basis points this morning. Two-year yields are up just seven basis points. And oil has fallen back a bit, 2.1% off WTI. Brent down 1.3%, just below 120.7 a barrel now. Uh, Rodrigo Cotrill joins us today from NAB in Sydney. So we are still seeing big bond moves, uh, Rodrigo. Uh, so is that going to put pressure on the Fed? I mean, obviously, we, we've got two-year yields at 3.4%, interest rates at 0.75%. That is a big gap to bridge. So uh, what does happen tomorrow? I mean, increasingly, people are saying a 75 basis point rise looks like a real possibility, or even 100. 100, I mean, is that just a bit of a step too far? <laughs> yeah, morning, Phil. So um, what, what, what's happened uh, yesterday in particular was that um, we had quite a lot of um, articles coming from the US, from the Wall Street Journal, CNBC as well. Um, and they really were coming from sort of an informed, if you like, um, a source, uh, suggesting that a 0.75 hike um, looked like a, a pretty good bet. Um, and, and the market reacted to that. And then we've seen that repricing, which has helped um, in terms of that broad rise in U.S. Treasury yields or an extension of the sell-off in, in U.S. Treasuries um, that we've seen in recent days. Um, and, and as you say, we also had some commentators, I think it was J.P. Morgan uh, analyst, saying that, you know, um, a hundred basis point hike um, should not be ruled out because um, it's not just about 1.75 hike tomorrow, uh, but it's about the expectations that another one is coming as well uh, in the following month and then uh, potentially yeah, and the, and, another and one the, the, the month after. Yeah, we've got 200 basis points, I think, haven't we priced in for the next few meetings? I mean, that's 275 and the 50, according to my yeah. basic agreement. So are we channeling the ghost of Paul Volk here? Are we holding a seance? I mean, there were very different circumstances then, of course, but it's that sort of magnitude we're looking at, right? Right now, isn't it? It is. It is. But what is interesting is that uh, at the moment, is is um, the market is essentially bringing forward all these rate hikes, and now mm. we're starting to see those rate cuts coming through. So now there's a there's a rate cut effectively by the end of 2023 and uh, 50 basis points early in 2024. So so mm. the curve goes up and then comes down quite quickly. So. Um, it's it's the, the general perception that the Fed needs to slow down the economy very aggressively, uh, and once it does, um, the inflation problem will be resolved, and then mm. we'll look to to be cutting again. Um, well, let's hope so. Uh, I suppose because the, 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 the other alternative, the other is, alternative is, of course, they slow the economy and inflation is still there. You know, well, that's, that's exactly right. Because if you 
you think about economics, this this issue of inflation is not it's not a demand driven inflation problem. Yeah. It's a supply driven yeah. inflation problem. And fixing yeah. the supply is not going to be done by rate cuts. It, yeah. it needs to be done by an increase in productivity, particularly in terms of energy and so on. And we know that that problem is not going to be solved very quickly. Mm-hmm. So why are they doing it? I mean, this is, that's a discussion. Well, it's the only alternative. It's the only alternative <laughs> you have. Um, but in terms of stimulating the economy in order to generate new demand, mm. uh, you've got to be careful because you need to make sure there's enough supply there to, to, yeah. to make up for it. But a much easier decision for the Bank of England, of course, because, you know, the, the UK economy is sort of tanking all by itself, isn't it, without them having to keep on pushing rates up too high. So we had the UK employment numbers. Uh, and uh, how is this going to change the approach for the Bank of England? Because the unemployment rate has gone up, not down, which is what was expected. Wage growth for April that was expected to go up has uh, has gone down so 6.8% growth on year year on year when 7.6 was expected take out bonuses and they've grown just 4.2%. So uh, less employment, slower growth. And, of course, that 4.2% is much lower than inflation. So, in fact, wages going down quite a bit in real terms. So, the, you know, that's going to flow on. The economy is going to slow down. So this is presumably what the Bank of England wants to see. Um, yes, certainly. I think the market is certainly taking that view, especially when you look at the, the big rising core yields around the globe. Um, uh, the UK or UK yields have definitely lagged that move uh, recently. Well, two-year yields are actually down in the UK, aren't they? I think this that's right. That's right. They yeah. actually went down uh, overnight. So, um, And again, it's a reflection of that uh, assessment by the market that the, the Bank of England will probably start to do less and, and, and potentially pause soon um, because of the slowdown that we're seeing in the economy, as well as the encouraging signs coming from the labor market in, in the sense encouraging because you don't want the labor market to contribute to this overheating. Uh, and now we're seeing potentially a bit of a pullback in that regard too. So um, mm. certainly there's this general sense that the, the Bank of England will not do 50s basis point hike, just the 25 basis point hike, uh, and then potentially signal a, a pause uh, over coming months. So uh, that's certainly been priced in, in, in the currency as well. Yeah, hell of a difference between 25 on one side of the Atlantic and possibly 100 on the other. It's going to be interesting to watch this week. The uh, the German zoo survey that was out uh, as well yesterday uh, or overnight, it's improved, but it's still at minus 28, which doesn't sound great, but that's better than minus 34.4, which is where it was in May. But I'm wondering why that is. I'm wondering what's changed. I mean, the war's still going on. Inflation isn't easing. They've still, we've still got the pandemic in China. Uh, so, I mean, what is this saying that the recession is going to happen, but it's not as we, we don't think it's going to be as bad as it, we thought it was a month ago. I, I'm just wondering what's changed to change this attitude. Yeah, I, I was looking at that, but uh, I mean, I suppose the, the level is so suppressed that the best you can say mm. that is it's not as as suppressed as it was before, but it's still very suppressed. So, um, um, I, I would. I would not make major conclusions there. I think it just basically yeah. says it's still bad. Still, it's still yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and German inflation ticking up a little as, as well, 0.9% month on month in May on top of a 0.8% rise in April. Uh, it, it's what was expected, but, you know, that's a, a bigger hike, isn't it? Uh, so uh, we've got quite a few speakers out from the ECB over the next 24 hours. So I wonder whether their attitudes are going to have changed on the back of all of this, you know, over, over what we've seen over the last week. Yeah, if anything, I mean, we've, we've touched on this issue in the podcast even before the ECB. Um, there's a little bit of focus around that volatility that we've seen in peripheral spreads. Um, uh, and uh, it's a little bit of talk around, you know, 
uh, what what will the ECB do? And and I think that there's a general sense there that the ECB is not going to prepare the market for any reaction in terms of a widening or further widening of those spreads. Um, maybe Lagarde will will give us a bit more color in that regard. Uh, and again, ahead of the just the ECB, sorry, ahead of the Fed, um, questions of of how hard the, the the ECB plans to go in terms of 50s or even higher in terms of rate hikes. Uh, will also be put to to the president. So it'll be interesting to see whether they, they give us a bit more colour in that regard. Yeah. And the NAB business survey yesterday, uh, we've seen a slight easing in business confidence and in conditions, but not as bad, obviously, as most places. Business confidence actually is sitting above the long-term average. I mean, lots of economies are worried about recession, but uh, uh, all this confidence in, in, in Australia, is that because the truth hasn't come home to roost yet? Or is, is Australia going to glide through this as we often do, better than many other parts of the world. Well, I suppose it, it is a reflection of a couple of things. From a domestic perspective, the economy still has a solid momentum. Um, and of course, there are the very important things. We've got to remember that we've only just started hiking. Um, and many other places, the, uh, the hiking process is a little bit far ahead. Um, so therefore, um, the full impact of those hikes uh, hasn't yet been reflected in, in, in the survey. Um, importantly as well, that those price pressures that we've been highlighting for in recent months still remains very much evident in, in the latest updates and, and reinforces that view that, you know, that the RBA will, will need to keep going and potentially even more aggressively in terms of rate hikes uh, over coming months. Well, we had Philip Lowe, didn't we, on the 7.30 report yesterday, um, you know, taking a much more hawkish stance, a 2.5% rate at some point, he was saying, you know, and giving, indicating inflation might reach 7% by the end of the year, which is quite a bit more than they were stating in their last monetary policy statement. It is. I mean, the governor has, has, has made that reference around 2.5% uh, cash rate as, as an indication that's more or less where we want to go. He emphasized the mm. point that, you know, inflation ideally needs to get back to, to that 25 rate. Um, and therefore, you think about it in real terms, uh, a cash rate or a real cash rate of zero um, is, is not a, it shouldn't be a big deal for the economy. Uh, and therefore, uh, he's seen as a, as a, at least a, a, a minimum, if you like, requirement to, to get to two and a half percent. He did emphasize that how quickly we get there will depend on on, on the data flow. Uh, but certainly at the moment, given those expectations that the inflation is going to get to seven percent uh, before the end of the year or by the end of the year, um, you know, an aggressive approach to to hike at least uh, at the beginning should be expected. Um, so certainly a bit more hawkish than than what he sounded recently. And uh, the Bank of Japan. Are they fighting an uphill struggle? There they are, trying to keep uh, bond yields down in an environment, a global environment, where they're shooting up. So they've got the uh, the central bank buying up lots of bonds now to try and keep 10 years at uh, 0.25%. And obviously, that's having a big impact on, on the yen, pushing it to a 24-year low. I mean, it's an example of, you know, you can only meddle so far, isn't it? Well, it's getting to the point that um, too much of a good thing can become problematic. Uh, and, and many are concerned that mm. the, not only the volatility in the currency, but the, the big, big increase of, of its weakness or big depreciation uh, is, is now affecting uh, many people. And, and what we also got to remember is that Japan is also a big energy importer. Um, so this is kind of exacerbating the, those those price pressures that we've seen in, in the energy sector as well. So yeah. uh, overall, uh, many are wondering whether this is just getting too too far. But at the moment, um, you know what the BOJ is doing is just basically reemphasizing its ultra easy 
policy stance. Um, but uh, uh, to some extent, we also remember that inflationary pressures that we've seen around the globe are nowhere near to the same magnitude in Japan. Um, there are some hopes that uh, the Japanese economy will start creating its own demand-driven inflation uh, as the, the economy looks to reopen. Um, so there are, there are expectations that, you know, that in, in a couple of months' time, the BOJ could be in a position to uh, start tinkering with its policy uh, in order to uh, ease up those pressures on the currency. But certainly the speed of the depreciation in, in recent days is, is putting the pressure on the bank um, to, to be mindful of, of that volatility in the currency. Yeah. All right. Now, lots of numbers today. We get Australia's monthly consumer confidence numbers. We get the house price index for Q1. Uh, we've got China's unemployment rate, China's retail sales, industrial production, fixed asset investment, lots of China numbers, uh, all particularly important stuff. I think particularly that fixed asset investment, because obviously that gives us a, a more forward-looking number, you know, just how much confidence is there going forwards in this economy where we seem to be seeing more lockdowns coming back. Yes, and you forgot to mention also the unemployment rate, which no, I did mention, uh, in I recent months... You just weren't listening closely uh, enough. You? I did say unemployment rate, but that's... But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's important right. too. <laughs> it, that's very important too, because it has been rising uh, of late, and of course that's uh, very important for... Um, uh, for China as well. So overall, uh, there's a general sense that uh, Shanghai looked to steadily, slowly, you know, ease some of those restrictions in May. We should see an improvement of uh, on those activity readings, uh, particularly given how suppressed they were in April. Um, mm. But overall, it's a story of a small sort of improvement, if you like. Uh, and whilst at the same time, uh, as we mentioned, there will be a lot of focus on, on not only the uh, unemployment rate, but also those housing Stats uh, with property uh, sales, residential property sales, also a, a big focus. Um, so certainly, uh, a, a, an important data release to, or important data releases to to watch during our time zone. Right there we are. So if we covered it all off, are you happy with China now? No, sorry. The other thing you forgot to mention is the medium term facility rate decision. Yeah, I didn't mention in, that in, right. in in China. And if anything, it's again a reminder that it's not just Japan the one that is kind of going in the opposite direction. Uh, we also have China in a very steady, slow, but still easing mode compared to, you know, the tightening that we're seeing in, in mostly the West. So, um, there's a lot of focus on whether potentially the medium term lending facility, uh, will be eased. The, the current cash rate is 2.85. Uh, there's a small majority that thinks it will be unchanged uh, and a, a growing minority that reckons a 10 basis point rate cut could, could be coming. So again, that will be important. And also it will be important for this. Uh, downward pressure that is currently being seen on uh, on the CNY as well. No, I wonder in a year's time whether we'll be talking about the same thing all over the world with rate cuts. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how long this whole process takes, isn't it? Uh, we didn't mention the uh, the US producer price index, and uh, that was up 0.8% for the month in May, 10.8% year on year, but that which is down a little because of uh, base effects. But I think this is an example, isn't it, Wes? We should really look at that month-on-month number, not, which makes a lot more sense, but 0.8% shows it's not easing off. In fact, it's double what it was in April, so that... That is uh, concerning towards, uh, you know, that, that inflation story. Uh, we get U.S. retail sales as well. So are people still shopping? That's the question. All of that will input into the Fed. Um, and, yeah, I guess tomorrow morning, whatever they do, because there's such a huge variation uh, in, in terms of, you know, what they, their, their likely outcome is going to be, the markets are going to react one way or the other, whatever it is they do. Yes, and uh, we've got to remember that we also get the, the, the new dots uh, along along with all of this. Uh, so it, it's, mm. it's not so much about this 75 basis point rate hack that looks well-priced. Um, but also any hints that Fed Chair Powell gives us about the upcoming months, um, you know, how aggressive they plan to be, given the, the inflation
evolutionary dynamics, including that PPI number that you mentioned, um, you know, you have to expect the the, Fed, the chair to be super hawkish um, and it's to scare, you know, yeah. everyone, if you like. Uh, but whilst at the same time, uh, that dot plot will give us an indication not only of how aggressive um, the consensus is, uh, but also like whether we will see those rate cuts uh, coming out later in, in 2024 as yeah. well. Yeah, big dots very close together. That's what we're going to get. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow morning, of course, and we'll report on it all on a morning call. Thanks for coming on this morning, Rodrigo. Good to talk. Catch you <laughs> Pleasure, soon. Phil. Cheers. And the uh, timing is always very convenient. That the, we come out on just after that FAMC meeting uh, tomorrow morning. So join us for that. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back then. Have a great day in the meantime.